you'll have a great time. Okay, our, this is a standalone message, so I'll begin a, a series in a couple of weeks, but this God, it's what God put, it on, put this on my heart, and I believe it's, um, I believe it's for all of us. I believe uh, specifically, though, it's really going to uh, hit home uh, for some, and that's my prayer anyway. And we're looking at 1 Samuel beginning uh, at, at chapter 9, beginning at verse 3. Uh, if you don't have your device, you can look at it on the screen. Uh, if you have it on, on your app, you can go back and reference it later. So it says, now the sons, excuse me, now the donkeys of, and that should be kitsch, not the donkeys of fish. <laughs> Stupid autocorrect. Saul's father uh, were lost. His donkeys were lost. His name was Kish. And Kish said to his, I don't know if Kish is better than fish, though, huh? And said to his son Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise, go and look for the donkeys. So they took out on this journey, uh, Saul, under the instruction of his father with the servants, looking for the donkeys that were lost. And Saul's servant, they couldn't find the donkeys wherever they went, and Saul's servant said that there is a man of God, a seer, and his name is Samuel. He knew where he would be located, and he said, if we go there, I think he can tell us maybe where the donkeys are. So to save time, I'm going to move to verse 15. It says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, tomorrow at about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel. So what a charge for Samuel, this great prophet, that God is saying there's a king coming, and I want you to anoint him. Saul has no idea. Uh, it goes on to say uh, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. So verse 17, so when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord spoke to him, there he is, the man of whom I spoke to you, this one shall reign over my people. Saul came looking for Samuel, the prophet, but Samuel was looking for Saul. Just to give you just a little bit before we really get into the message, you're looking for some blessings from God, and God's blessings are looking for you. You're looking for some, some direction from the Lord, some plans that God has for you, and God's plans are looking for you. So after Samuel sees Saul, uh, Saul asking the question about the donkeys, and then verse 19, Samuel said this, tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that's in your heart. I'm going to tell you about the donkeys, but that's that's not the reason why you're here. Can I tell you, this? today is a, uh, a good Sunday to be in church, and you might have been here because someone invited you, or maybe you just thought it's a Sunday morning, I might as well go. But God's got something bigger in plan, something bigger in store for you. I personally believe that every time we come together in God's name, there's something bigger in mind that God has that we can even understand. He says, tomorrow I'll let you know. I'll tell you about the donkeys that you've been looking for, verse 20. But as for your donkeys, they were lost three days ago. Don't be anxious about them, for they have been found. God's already taken care of what you thought you were on, your little journey you were on. He's already taken care of that for you, but there's something else 
And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and all your father's house? Saul was on a journey to look for donkeys, but he found his destiny. I want to talk to you a few moments, hopefully under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Destination, destiny. And I feel this today. I hope you do too. Will you bow your head? Father, I thank you for every person here today. Lord God, their destination was moved, church. We came together to worship you, but I believe you're going to impart destiny in the hearts of your people. I pray, Lord God, for every one of us a touch. I pray every one of us an encouragement. I pray for every one of us your power would move in us. Change us to be the people you want us to be. Put us on the course that you want us on. Lord, help us to be seen beyond what we're seeing with our natural eyes. Let there be something inside of our spirits that stirs us up for something more, that there's something greater. And Lord, we don't have to imagine that. This is your plan for us. So Lord, we pray together. Lord, speak to our heart. Speak to my heart. Let's pray it, Lord. Church, speak to my heart. (laughs) I, I confused you. I'm sorry. Let's do it again. Let's pray to the Lord. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you help me welcome everybody watching online this morning? Come on, give it up for them. And turn around and wave at your neighbor before you're seated this morning. Good to see you today. Uh, Be sure to pick up some of these handy-dandy Move Church invite cards and invite someone. People are looking for a good church home. I think we got one, don't you? And um, I almost forgot, today is our first Sunday, and at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings on the first Sunday, we have our movers meet up. Our movers are all the volunteers to help make ministry happen. And we usually, each team selects a mover of the month, and from those names, we draw one. And today, our mover of the month is Miss Katie Kuhn. Would you give it up for Miss <laughs> Katie Kuhn? <laughs> Katie, come on up, Katie. Come on up and get your card. Come on, give it up for her one more time. As she sprints up here, as she jogs up here to get her. This is my sweet sister-in-law. It's not rigged. She deserves this. I'm telling you, she, she brightens up this place. She's so much fun. If you don't know Katie, get to know her. You got your own fan club, Katie. God has incredible destiny moments prepared for you. He has incredible destiny moments prepared for you. So what is destiny? The destiny that I'm talking about. Destiny is the events that God has planned for you on your journey toward him. Now, I can take that a little bit further, and I, won't, I don't want to chase too many rabbits, but there's some destiny moments that God has given me even when I wasn't moving toward him. How many of you can attest to that? But moving toward him, these are things he has planned for you already. Written down, the scripture tells us, in his book before one of them came to be. God's got great things for you. 1 Corinthians says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, 
nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God has got good things planned for you. God has got big things planned for you. He's got wonderful things planned for you. Things so wonderful that you cannot even dream them up. Now, you must believe this. You must know this. I don't know what your perception of God is. Maybe you think God's just got judgment planned for you. He's just got punishment planned for you. If there is punishment planned for you, he calls you his own, and his punishment is love shown toward you. God loves you, and he has great things for you. He has you on a journey, and your destination is the destiny that he has planned for you, already planned for you. There are some destiny days that you will find yourself in if you're on the way to the Lord. How many of you can say, I know I've had some destiny days. Would you raise your hand? I think, husbands, I'm going to help us out. My Destiny day is, hopefully you would say it's when you met your spouse. Come on, just go ahead and look at your spouse and, get, spouse and give them a, did I say mouse? Look at your spouse and give her a good smile. Yeah. Yeah, I knew Patty was part of my destiny. She just didn't know it yet. It's the reason why she broke up with me. And ironically, I had just given her a Gucci watch. How ironic. And she said, do you want the watch back? I said, no, you keep it so you'll know what time it is. <laughs> oh, let me get back to my message. <laughs> I, believe, I believe the first dream meeting of Move Church was a destiny day. There is about 20-something, 40-something people that showed up on our very first dream meeting. Are any of you there any of you there? Are any of you here? Would you stand up? Ed, I know you were my brother, Tim. But would you stand up if you were at the very first dream? My family had to be there. I threatened them. Come on, give it up for him, would you? I, James, yeah, man. I believe that was a, a destiny day for us. I believe the building that we're sitting in, the day that was a part of our destiny, I believe the day that I called that pastor on the phone, and said, hey, would you be interested in selling your building? And he shared with me later that he had just said out of his mouth, it's time for us to sell, and the phone rang. There is destiny days that God has for you that you will find yourself in where you know God has orchestrated this. Now, some of them, we really don't know the full scope of it until we've experienced it. But God's got great things planned for you already, already laid out for you. I think God is rubbing his hands together, so excited about the good things he has for you, like a parent would be with their kid. It couldn't wait for them to open that gift on Christmas morning. I believe God is that kind of God for us, a loving father who doesn't withhold good gifts from his children, the Bible says. And he just can't wait for you to see some of the things he has for you. He knows it's going to make you smile. It's going to make you rejoice. You know, Saul's story teaches us some things that will help us to be able to find this destiny. And again, the requirement is that we're on this destiny toward God. And, and God has those things already planned for you. But these things, if we're not careful... During these times, these things, we can overlook God's destiny, but 
If you'll listen this morning, I believe the Lord, if you're experiencing these things, he's going to help you to see God's destiny. If you're taking notes, I want to give you five places to find destiny this morning. Five places to find destiny. The first one you would not expect, God can even use loss to give you destiny moments. A loss can lead you right to your destiny. And we see it in, in Saul's story. It, he thought it was just about some donkeys that were lost, but God had a destination for him, and it was his destiny, a destiny moment that would forever change his life and would affect a whole nation. Sometimes your loss, the loss that you experience that's so devastating, that loss could actually end up being your greatest blessing. Some of you ought to just thank the people right now that hurt you, that did you wrong. They just put you on the right path for what God had planned for you. Now, there's some truth right there. God sometimes allows those things to come in our life to stir us right to where he wants us to be. And instead of looking behind you at that loss, you should be looking at ahead of what God's got planned for you. God knows how to make the good, uh, excuse me, make good from every bad that you've experienced. He'll turn it for good. Now, maybe you're like me and you caused some of your own problems, and God knows how to give us some destiny moments to get us back on track. And God will help you make those course adjustments this morning if you need those. Learn from what you've experienced, learn from the mistakes that you have made, and get back on track to the destiny that God has for you. It's, he has still got a plan for your life. You might have gotten off course, you might have done your own thing, and you don't think God's got good things for you, the devil is a lie. Commit your life back to Christ and watch what he does for you. We were passing um, this weekend on Flowood Drive, and there's a beautiful church. I just love Christway Church, if you know where that area is. And, and I was reminded of a time, I told Patty, I, uh, I, I remember a time that me and my cousin uh, went to that church, and, and uh, we actually went there to find, a girl, find girls, to be honest with you. And uh, it was a good place. To, we couldn't go back to the bars. I mean, we were trying to get away <laughs> from that. So we went to church to find girls. That's pretty good, right? And um, so we sort of slip into that church, and we're sitting on the back row. And I can remember it like it was yesterday, and this memory came back. And I remember that one time we visited, and the pastor was Tim O'Leary. Does anybody remember? And um, so he's in the middle of his message, and he said, you two boys on the back row. Man, God, they got us already. <laughs> he said, you come up here. God's got a word for you. And he spoke destiny into our lives. We were not even looking for it. Now, we were trying, right? But we still had a lot of hang-ups. And we didn't think that a prophecy would come to us about God's plan for our lives. We just wanted to date. <laughs> and God has done that many times. I think if you look at your life, you can see some areas, some times, some moments, some days that God just showed up even when you were not looking for him. And can I say even when you didn't even want him? He showed up and showed you his love. Isn't, it, isn't he a good God to us? That he would take 
his time, his effort to come after his people. So even a loss, God can turn that around for you. The, Jesus said himself, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Today, God wants to heal you, restore you, and lose, use that loss to help you find your destiny. If you'll let him touch you, if you'll let him have it, he can turn it around for you. Another way to find destiny, another place, is obedience. Now, this is probably the, one of the toughest. Saul was sent by his father on this donkey hunting adventure. And your father has some adventures planned for you that, that will require your obedience. I'm sure Saul didn't really want to go chasing donkeys. It, there uh, may be some things that God has for you that you don't want to do. But when it comes to obeying God, what I've discovered, that when I do what God wants me to do, he'll let me do some of the things that I want to do. When, when I take my efforts, my resources, my, my heart, my life to build his kingdom, he helps to build my kingdom. And then my kingdom is pleasing to him. This is what Samuel said. Unfortunately, after Saul became king, he quit obeying God's commands. And look at what Samuel said to Saul. He says, has the Lord... Uh, as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. God wants your obedience to him. You know, we foolishly think that we can go our own way and end up where we want to be. How many of you have messed up in that way? Sort of like the, the GPS, you know, the GPS now is more reliable than what it used to be. But if I have in my mind that I know part of the way, I just keep driving and let the GPS correct the course. How many of you do that? Men, we do that, don't we? I at least know how to get to this point. And then I rely on the GPS to, to figure out where I need to be after that. And sometimes that doesn't work too good, does it? And pride and sin has a way of deceiving us that we think we can do this and we can do this as long as we have a place to give it to God to get us, to get us uh, back later on. We think we can end up where we want to be. And that place is called destruction. And many of us have experienced, as a matter of fact, all of us to some degree. Disobedience leads to a destination, but it's called destruction. Obedience leads to God's destiny in your life. The only way to get to your God-given destiny is to follow God's direction. That's just the way it works. Now, this third place to find destiny is insignificant assignments. Hunting donkeys are a menial task. It has, it was nothing that that Saul could write home about, nothing that he could impress the ladies with, but he did it anyway. And if Saul would have refused to go on this little donkey hunting adventure, 
he would have uh, he would not have received the destiny that he that God had for him. The the prophet would would not have told him that he was going to be king. He would have missed out on that destiny moment that forever changed his life. On your journey toward God, you will have some insignificant menial assignments along the way, and the way you handle those will determine how you handle the bigger, if you can uh, receive the bigger and greater things God's got for you. Man, I want to be faithful to God no matter what he gives me to do, don't you? That's a good place to say amen. And God will not release greater things to us if we're not faithful in the smaller things that he gives us to do. He will give you those small things just to see if you will follow through. I have, I've shared this with you before. I've had people, man, pastor, I want to preach. I want to preach the word. And, um, and so, you know, those menial tasks is where you determine if there's truly a call. And I think if you are, are called to preach, you should be good at straightening chairs. And man, if you can straighten chairs and, and sweep the floor, there may be a call in your life. If you can do those things faithfully and do those things unto the Lord, well, maybe then one day God will put you on a platform where you can declare his goodness and greatness in, uh, in your life. But we have to be faithful with those small things that God gives us to do. But we want the big things many times. And, and the scripture says, whoever can be trusted with a very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. You know, God judges things different than we do. The widow that gave the two small coins, Jesus says she gave more than everybody else. Heaven looks at things different. It, there's a different scale with heaven. So don't be so hung up. I don't think anybody here is, but but don't be hung up on position or prestige, uh, prestige, excuse me, that you miss out on what God wants to do in your life. In Matthew, Jesus said, and I, I think Mike even said it this morning during our meeting, he said, but who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Move Church, thank you for being great servants. I am thankful that we have people that volunteer right now for your children, taking great care of ministering to your babies, ministering to your children. These are servants. They're missing the message right now because they're serving your children. Can we give a big round of applause for all of our children workers, selflessly giving, selflessly serving? It's the little things that make the biggest impact. And heaven has its own record of success. There is a, a story, and i um, completely not sure if it's true, but I, I think it is. I've heard it other places. That there was a man named Edward Kimball, and he was a Sunday school teacher of a young boy's class. And um, he prayed that each of his boys would experience have an experience with Jesus under his under his teaching. So this volunteer Sunday school teacher really prayed for his boys, and one of the young, young boys didn't seem to understand the gospel. So Edward went to find the boy and, and found him at the place that he, the boy worked. It was in a shoe store, a shoe store. 
And in the stock room of that shoe store, as the story goes, Edward led the boy to Christ. And the boy's name was Dwight Moody. Dwight Moody became a great evangelist and led thousands of people to Christ across two continents. And under his ministry, a man named Wilbur Chapman was saved, and he also was a great evangelist, preached to thousands. And it was under his ministry where a professional ball player got saved, and his name was Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was also a great evangelist, and, um, and under his ministry, another young man was converted to Christ, and his name was Mordecai Ham. You've already probably guessed it, that he was also an evangelist, and and one night in um, Charlotte, North Carolina, a young man came to know Christ, and his family called him Billy Frank. He responded to the invitation and received Christ, and that young man was Billy Graham. Now, in heaven, who do you think gets a part of the reward for thousands, hundreds of thousands of people getting saved? Yes, all those, those great evangelists. But heaven keeps a record for Edward Kimball. We don't know his name, but heaven knows his name. And heaven knows the thousands upon thousands of souls that got saved because of his love for Christ. Don't never underestimate what God has called you to do. The impact is great when God is in it. The fourth place to find destiny, and this is probably one of the hardest. This is one of the places that many times we give up and we get off track. Number four is delay. Saul was just about to give up looking for the donkeys, but it was his servant that convinced him to go find the prophet. And I just wonder if there's anyone here today that's just about to give up on their God assignment the God dream, that's that destiny moment that will forever change your life may be just days away. Waiting is not easy, but waiting is a part of spiritual growth. Waiting is essential to faith. I know myself, I've probably aggravated God many times, sort of like, the kids traveling with their parents on a long trip. How much further? Are we almost there yet? When I was a youth pastor, when any of the teenagers asked me, how much further, Pastor Bobby? I would always say two hours. I mean, we could be 10 minutes away, and I would say two hours. But that waiting is hard. It's difficult. When God has given you a dream, it's so real inside of you, a promise that becomes so real. But you don't know when, or you don't know where, and you don't know how. And most of the time, God has you to wait on it. Remember this, if you're following God, you are not waiting on God, you are waiting with God. Now, I'm going to say that one more again. If you're following God, you're not waiting on God, you're waiting with God. And let me tell you, God knows how to make the wait worth it. 
Now, this is for somebody today. I'm feeling that resonates in my spirit, that this is the Holy Spirit is driving this home to someone today. What if the greatest thing that you receive from God is the work that he does in you while you're waiting for something else? That on this journey that God has you on, you think only if I can get there. But God is saying, what I'm doing in you now is more valuable than there. And if I don't do this work in you now, you will not be ready for there when you get there. And God knows how to do a work within us. Many times we don't even realize it until we get to a place of a destiny moment. And we begin to realize, wow, this is great, but I see what God has done in me along the way. For me, it was a sickness. I, it was one of the hardest things, and I was waiting for healing. And I didn't know that God was driving a faith so deep inside of me that when that healing did come, but there was a faith in me that was greater than the healing I experienced. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The wait is worth it. God knows how to make the wait worth it for you. And Lamentation says this, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Number five. Relationships. This is the last one we'll cover. Relationships. God's destiny for your life includes people. Now, wives, look at your husbands right now and just give a big smile. That's your destiny partner right there. God loves people. And he will use people to show you his love to you. Don't allow Satan to get you um, out of love for people. This day and time, y'all, it just seems like it's easy. Everybody's aggravated. And everybody's on edge. And if we're not careful, we, we will lose our love for people. And God loves people. And God will use people to bring destiny to you. Your destiny includes people. I've shared this with you. Um, before, uh, but some of you that are, are new, maybe you don't know, but I had the first chance to serve as a youth pastor under Pastor Rob. Pastor Rob, wave your hand, and he took a chance on me, and I didn't even know you could be a full-time youth pastor. He asked me, hey, have you ever considered being a full-time youth pastor? I was like, I didn't even think that would be possible, and he gave me my first opportunity over 20 years ago now to be in full ministry. Well, Pastor Rob used to be a youth pastor. As a matter of fact, Mike Myers was in his youth ministry. We just talked about it a little bit earlier. What, pastor Rob used to have a lot of hair before he became a youth pastor of Mike. <laughs> and, but pastor, pastor Rob used to be Pastor Moore's youth pastor a long, long time ago. And many of you were at faith at that time. Well, years after I was Pastor Rob's youth pastor, I became Pastor Moore's youth pastor. And now all of these years later, Pastor Moore, Pastor Rob is here serving at this church. Such a, such a strength to me, such a blessing to this body, him and his wife. Years of ministry, loving people. And I'm telling you, we're better because they're here. And Pastor Moore actually is one of our overseers. Uh, Pastor Eugene Green, uh, who uh, sat in his meetings, and some of you sat in his meetings longer than than I did, and 
Me and Patty have had these conversations. He said, never would I imagine that he would be a part of our church, and he's a part of our church as an overseer also. So, so amazing, the circles that we have at our church that involve people that loved each other back then and love each other today. Your relationships are very important. Those God relationships that God brings you are very important. Develop them, cherish them, draw from them. The scripture says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. God uses people in your life to bless you, to get you where you want to be in him. And when you have those good godly relationships, hold on to them, cherish them, cultivate them. Would you stand, please? Psalms says this, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. And some of those steps are easy, some are hard, some are difficult, some are wonderful. But every step with the Lord is better than any step without him. You hear me today? Every step headed north toward the Lord is better than those steps you made before him. And every step gets you closer and closer to the destiny that God has for you. He has things planned for you that would be greater than you can plan yourself. Don't get off track. Don't stop. Don't turn around. Don't give up. Today, God, God put this message on my heart before I realized that other than it being the Patty Day Parade, <laughs> it's also D-Day. June the 6th, 1944, was known as D-Day. 156,000 American British, American British and Canadian forces landed on five beaches along a 50-mile stretch of the heavily fortified coast of France called Normandy. Sybil, you went there a couple of years ago. The invasion was one of the largest amphibious military assaults in history and required extensive planning. By late August 1944, all, the northern, all northern France had been liber liberated, excuse me, and by the following spring, the Allies had defeated the Germans. The Normandy landings have been called the beginning of the end of the war in Europe. So I've done some research to find out why it was called D-Day. And can you believe that the, the government actually says there really is no reason. It's like a letter that we chose to put it on a day. I mean, they don't reveal anything, do they? But some people say it's because it was destruction day. Some people say it was a decision day for the Allies. I guess, to get involved, and some say it was doomsday. Uh, I really don't know why I didn't discover the answer, why it's called D-Day. But I believe there is a, uh, God has a D-Day plan for somebody here today. It's a destiny day for you. It's a day that God has says, okay, I'm fixing to help you out against your enemy. I'm fixing to settle something so deep in your spirit that will change your life. And anything the enemy will try to offer you after this day will not match 
up. It is God's plan revealed to you, and it's wonderful. Will you bow your head just for a moment? There's freedom for you today if you'll give your life to Christ. If you commit your way to his way, there is freedom for you. There's great things. Your life, it won't won't be a bed of roses. I won't lie to you and tell you that. There'll be challenges that come your way. But when God is on your side, you can make it through anything. And the time spent with God is better than anything you can imagine. The Holy Spirit is here today, and he's fixing to move in somebody's heart. He's fixing to change you. As a matter of fact, I pray he turns you upside down for him. I pray that you begin to, I pray that you are set on fire by his presence today. There's some of us here today, and we forgot how wonderful it is to be on this journey with the Lord, okay? And we've been serving the Lord for quite some while, and we're looking at the world, thinking those things look better than what we got. The devil is a lie. And I pray for you today, my friend, that God opens your spiritual eyes wide open, and you see how wonderful it is to be following the King. And the things that God's got for you just around the corner will be better than you could ever imagine. You hold on, don't give up. Don't give in to Satan's lies. Let me pray for you. If you need Christ in your life, you need to commit your life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. There's no shame in this house. Raise your hand. I need to commit my life to Christ. Praise God for you, young man. Praise God for you, young man. Anyone else? I I see your hand in the back. Keep it raised just for a moment. There's no shame. There's people that love you here. And I want to commit my life to Christ. If you're watching online, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. And we're going to pray it with you. We're going to help. I see your hand, lady. God loves you. And he's got more good things for you than you can imagine. Destiny moments that you realize this is what I was created for. Anyone else? There's about four people that are raising their hands unashamed. Come on. Without looking, give them a big round of applause. Encourage them today. And we're going to pray with them. We're going to believe God moves in their life as they allow him to, and it's going to be amazing. Come on, church, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I praise God for you. The Bible says that one sinner that repents, heaven rejoices. And you don't have to raise your hand again. I'm going to be praying for you. But I'm going to ask everyone else that has committed their life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand in prayer for those four that just committed their life to Christ. Come on. I want you to look at your family. Okay, this is your church family. And they're fixing to pray God's blessings over you, that God will keep you all the days of your life, that you would walk into everything he has planned for you. Come on, church, begin praying. Lord, we pray for them right now. God, we thank you that this is a destiny day for them. This is a day that, Lord, you want to change their lives forever. Lord, we want to be there for them. We want to encourage them. We want to help them. We want to see your destiny performed in their lives. Lord, thank you for them. Bless them. Lord, thank you for doing the work in them today, and thank you for doing the work in us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We give you praise. I want to say one other prayer before 
I bless you and let you go. I want us to pray for those that have lost the joy of their salvation. You need joy today. You need to be reminded better is one day in God's courts than a thousand elsewhere. I mean, to be covered, to be forgiven, to be a child of God. What can really, what can Satan really offer us that's better than that? But he has a way, don't he? He has a way to, he'll make it look so good. And you've lost your joy. And I believe the Lord wants to give that back to you today. Will you bow your head? Lord, you know who this is for. And I pray your joy would come back to them. God, like it was when they first committed their life to you. Lord, like, like they were the first time that they realized God's grace has covered me and I'm saved. I'm a child of God. That smile that was so evident, the joy that was in their heart. Give it to them again, Lord God. You've got great things for them. Sure, they've messed up along the way. We all have. But you'll forgive when they ask. And Lord God, it doesn't stop the destiny you have planned for them. Come on, if that's you, raise your hand, okay? I need this joy. Yes, give it, Lord, give it today. Yes, Lord, all these hands raised, give it today, that joy. All over again in their lives, Lord God, you got it for them. The promises you spoke to them, you haven't changed your mind. They're still there. Lord, you have good things for them. Thank you for that. Give them that excitement that goes with that Holy Ghost. Let it come alive in them. Father God, I pray they gleam again in their eye for you. When they mention your name, let tears stroll down their face because they're so thankful of your love and your grace in their life. We thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise God, amen. I'm fixing to release you. Look, I didn't go over too much. Don't even turn around and look at that clock, okay? <laughs> Pastor Rob, that clock don't act right, does it? And uh, if, if you're a member here and you do you want to give, of course, there's many ways to give and you can do that. If you're a first-time guest, uh, please fill out one of our Connect cards. We won't hound you. We'll send you a letter. Send you a little gift also with that letter. And we're just so thankful that you are here today. This is Membership Sunday. And if you would like to become a member at Move Church, uh, we can make it very easy for you. We don't make the process long. If you'll stay for about 20 minutes, uh, 30 minutes tops, you can become a member and a mover all at the same time. We want you involved uh, for your benefit to be involved in a ministry team at Move Church. And um, you will be blessed. You really will. All right, let me bless you. Would you raise your hand if you want to receive this? And this is the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Go 